Chapter 11 Characteristics of Contentment Now that I've finished explaining to you the three cautions of contentment, I will proceed to show how Christians may know whether or not they have learned this divine art. How can Christians know they have learned this lesson of contentment? I'll give you some characteristics of contentment by which you will know. The first characteristic of a contented spirit is a silent spirit. He doesn't have one word to say against God. I was dumb, I opened not my mouth, because thou didst it. Contentment silences all dispute. He sitteth alone and keepeth silence. Lamentations 3, 28. There is a sinful silence. When God is dishonored, His truth wounded, and men hold their peace, this silence is a loud sin. But there is a holy silence when the soul sits down quiet and content with its condition. When Samuel tells Eli that heavy message from God, that he would judge his house forever, 1 Samuel 3.13, and that the iniquity of his family shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever, 1 Samuel 3.14, does Eli murmur or dispute with God? No, he has not one word to say against God. It is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good, 1 Samuel 3.18. A discontent spirit says, as Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Exodus 5.2. Why should I suffer all this? Why should I be brought into such a low condition? Who is the Lord? But a gracious heart says, as Eli said, It is the Lord, let him do what he will with me. When Nadab and Abihu the sons of Aaron, had offered up strange fire, and fire out went from the Lord, and devoured them, Leviticus 10, 1-2, was Aaron then in a passion of discontent? No, Aaron held his peace, Leviticus 10, 3. A content spirit is never angry unless he is angry with himself for having harsh thoughts of God. When Jonah said, I do well to be angry, his was not a content spirit. It did not suit the character of a prophet. The second characteristic of a contented spirit is a cheerful spirit. Contentment is something more than patience. Patience denotes only submission, but contentment denotes cheerfulness. A contented Christian is more than passive. He not only bears the cross, but he also takes up the cross. Matthew 16:24. He looks on God as a wise God and understands that whatever God does, though it is painful, it is for his health and is in order to produce a cure. For this reason, contented Christians are cheerful, and with the apostle they take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. 2 Corinthians 12.10. They not only submit to God's dealings, but they also rejoice in them. They not only say, Just is the Lord in all that has happened, but they also say, The Lord is good. This is what it is to be content. A sullen melancholy is hateful. It is said, God loveth a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9 7. Yes, and God also loves a cheerful liver. We are told in Scripture to not be anxious or careful. Philippians 4 6. But we're not told to not be cheerful. He who is content with his condition does not reduce his spiritual joy. Indeed, he has within him that which is the ground of cheerfulness. 
He carries a pardon sealed in his heart. Matthew 9, 2. The third characteristic of a contented spirit is a thankful spirit. This is a degree above the other. In everything give thanks. A gracious heart spies mercy in every condition. Therefore, he has his heart raised up to thankfulness. Others will bless God for prosperity. He blesses him for affliction. He reasons with himself, Am I in need? God sees it better for me to be in need than to abound. God is now keeping me on a diet. He sees it better for my spiritual health sometimes to be kept fasting. Therefore, the content spirit not only submits, but is also thankful. The malcontent is always complaining of his condition. The contented spirit is always giving thanks. Oh, what height of grace this is! A content heart is a temple where the praises of God are sung out, not a tomb in which they are buried. A content Christian, in the greatest distress, has his heart enlarged and dilated in thankfulness. He often contemplates God's love in election. He sees that he is a monument of mercy and so desires to be a pattern of praise. There's always joyful music in a content soul. The Spirit of grace works in the heart like new wine, which, under the heaviest pressures of sorrow, will have a vent open for thankfulness. This is to be content. The fourth characteristic of a contented spirit is that it welcomes any condition. Our text states, In whatsoever state I am. A contented Christian can adapt to anything, either need or abundance. The people of Israel knew neither how to abound nor how to be in need. When they were in need, they murmured, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Psalm 78, 19. And when they ate and were filled, then they lifted up their heels against him. Psalm 41, 9. Paul knew how to manage every state. He could be either a note higher or lower. He was, in this sense, a universalist. He could do anything that God would have him do. If he was in prosperity, he knew how to be thankful. If in adversity, he knew how to be patient. He was neither lifted up with the one nor cast down with the other. He could carry either a big sail or a small one. A contented Christian knows how to adapt to any condition. We have those who can be content in some conditions, but not in every condition. They can be content in a wealthy state when they have the streams of milk and honey. While God's candle shines on their heads, they are content. But if the wind turns and is against them, they are discontent. While they have a silver crutch to lean on, they are content. But if God breaks this crutch, they are discontent. Paul had learned in every state to carry himself with a calmness of mind. Others could be content with their afflictions if God would allow them to pick and choose. They could be content to bear one kind of cross, perhaps they could better endure sickness than poverty, or bear loss of estate better than loss of children. If they could have someone else's cross, they could be content, any condition but this present one. This is not being content. A content Christian does not try to choose his cross, but allows God to choose for him. The person who is content is content both for the kind of cross and its duration. A content spirit says, Let God apply what medicine He pleases, and let it stay on as long as it needs to. I know that when it has finished its cure and eaten the venom of sin out of my heart, 
God will take it off again. In a word, a content Christian, being sweetly captivated under the authority of the Word, desires to be wholly at God's disposal and is willing to live in that sphere and climate where God has placed him. And, if at any time he has been an instrument of doing noble and excellent service in the public, he knows he is just a rational tool, a servant to authority, and is content to return to his former condition of life. Cincinnatus, after he had done brave and worthy deeds for his people, and acquired great fame in his dictatorship, voluntarily returned to till and cultivate his four acres of ground. Thus it should be with Christians who profess godliness with contentment. Having served Mars, but not daring to offend Jupiter, lest they reveal to the world a brutish valor, being so untamed and headstrong that even though they conquer others, they are not able to rule their own spirits. The fifth characteristic of a contented spirit is that he will not turn to sin to rid himself of his troubles. I don't deny that a Christian may lawfully seek to change his condition. As far as God's providence goes before, he may follow. But I am talking about people who don't follow providence, but instead run before it. As he that said, This evil is of the Lord, what should I wait for the Lord any longer? If God does not open the door of his providence, they will break it open and twist themselves out of affliction by sin, bringing their souls into trouble. This is far from holy contentment. This is unbelief broken into rebellion. A contented Christian is willing to wait on God's timing and will not stir until God opens a door. As Paul said in another situation, They have beaten us openly uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison, and now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. Acts 16.37 So, with reverence, the contented Christian says, God has placed me into this condition, and though it's sad and troublesome, I will not stir until God by a clear providence fetches me out. The author of Hebrews speaks of those superior spirited Christians who did not accept deliverance, Hebrews 11.35, that is, they did not accept it on vile, dishonorable terms. They would rather stay in prison than purchase their liberty by carnal compliance. Estius observed on the text, They might not only have had their freedom, but been raised to honor and put into offices of trust, yet the honor of religion was dearer to them than either liberty or honor. A contented Christian will not move until, as the Israelites, he sees a pillar of cloud and fire going before him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Lamentations 3.26 It is good to wait on God's timing and not try to extricate ourselves from trouble until we see the star of God's providence pointing out a way to us.